Chance Dorland, and welcome to the Oink Only in Korea podcast, brought to you each week by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. As always, today I'm joined by Travis Hole, the man behind the Oink Only in Korea Facebook group. Uh, today we're covering a recent piece of news you've probably heard about. Yet another American has been detained in North Korea, and something you might only know about if you're Korean or if you've lived here in the ROK. The, uh, the interesting thing that is the Korean gift set, everything from spam to seaweed to shampoo in a very large box given out during Chuseok, which is uh, commonly referred to as uh, Korean Thanksgiving or Lunar New Year, which is uh, coming up here next month, uh, a little bit more than a week away. So first off, Travis, uh, how you doing this week? Like I said, we're, we're getting closer to uh, the holiday weekend. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm relaxing still. I don't have very much work right now, so I'm just kind of... It's all a holiday for you right now, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of finalizing my plans for the coming year here. I've been doing a little bit of web design stuff. Um, not really anything exciting this weekend. Um, at least the weather's warmed up a little bit, so it's you're able to get outside a little more than last week when we talked. Well, some of us, um, as maybe you can hear, I'm a little sniffling, sneezing, but I, I think my voice is okay. I've been sick the last couple of days, which is okay. This is like my first real like cold flu of the, the winter season, and we just had a really, really cold spell. So, you know, it, those things happen. But uh, today, I plugged up my toilet. It doesn't sound as bad as that, but um, I've just been sneezing and, you know, using tons and tons of tissues, and I've just been chucking them in the toilet and giving them a flush every once in a while. I waited <laughs> too long. Uh, I flushed. Didn't work out well. And um, we've never had this problem before, my girlfriend and I, so we don't have a plunger. So now I have to, like, bra- brave the cold weather and go to a Daiso, um, which is kind of like um, a Korean version of, like, a Walgreens, but even better. And uh, I got to go pick up a plunger, which is always a bit shameful when you go through the <laughs> checkout and you buy a plunger, especially if it's like the only item. If you buy 10 things and there's a plunger in there, OK, maybe you just forget. But if you walk in, especially as a foreigner, if you walk in and the only item you buy is a plunger, ooh, walk they in know, shame. They know you're having problems when that happens. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping I can just sneeze a little bit in front of them and maybe they'll think, oh, it's because of the tissues and not because, you know, <laughs> the other reason. But. Let's move along here. Like I said, uh, this first topic, not a fun topic, but uh, this is a topic that can create a lot of interesting conversations. And so I'm glad that we're talking about this. Uh, The Guardian reports that the arrest of an American university student who spent his Christmas vacation in North Korea has rekindled questions about whether U.S. tourists who visit the country are unwittingly offering themselves up as vulnerable pawns in Pyongyang's political game. The man is still being held. He's a 21-year-old University of Virginia economics student who is traveling with the Young Pioneers Tours Group and uh, almost about to aboard his plane, actually. It seems like, you know, kind of like a movie setting. He's about to get on his plane when North Korean officials pulled him aside and, you know, arrested him, detained him for allegedly committing a, quote, hostile act against the state. Troy Collings is uh, quoted here in this Guardian article. He's the director of Young Pioneer Tours and says that the company can't comment on the case, but he emphasized that, quote, every arrest of a tourist that has occurred, to their knowledge, has been with context. Now, whether or not that context means it should have happened, you know, (laughs) probably depends case to case, but I guess what he's saying is is that they don't just make things up, even if it's a stupid reason, maybe there is some small, small, small reason um, 
for this detention, for this arrest. Now, that might not be the case here, but at least that kind of seems to be the case that he's making. Uh, now, despite this U.S. college student still being held, none of the major North Korean travel agencies have canceled their upcoming trips. And apparently, um, you know, and I guess this would this would be the case. Otherwise, no one would go there. Almost all Americans who travel to North Korea return home without incident. So to start this discussion off this week, we did things a little differently. We asked members of the Oink Only in Korea Facebook group, quote, in light of the recent detention of an American tourist in North Korea, would you be willing to visit the communist state? And now let's go over some of those results, Travis. So the overall winner overwhelmingly support was yes, it would be an amazing trip. Then the next three were no's. Two was no, I don't support giving money to North Korea. Number three, boy, have you lost your damn mind? Of course not. Number four, no, it's too dangerous. But then number five is yes. It says yes, it would allow me to learn more about the country and help the people who live there. So Travis, uh, out of those first five responses there, two yeses, three noes. But if you add the votes together, the yeses did carry. Um, so the yeses did win. Uh, where would you fall into this category? I, you know, I'd like to visit North Korea, but with all the stuff I post on Oink, I probably would be one of those people that gets detained because I constantly ridicule Kim Jong. Well, Kim Travis, I, I don't. Do you are you giving yourself a little little too much credit there? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Is anyone really paying attention to that North Korea? They might. I mean, what do you think? I, I have no idea. I, I probably wouldn't risk it myself just because I've been pretty vocal over the years against the regime there. But I think it would be an interesting trip. Um, I would probably put myself in the yes it would be an amazing trip category if i if i were ever to visit but again i'm not really that interested in going to north korea you know maybe if there was some sort of regime change there i might consider it but um i i basically i'm not someone who wants to give these people any more money than they already have so i i would probably put myself as a no it's too dangerous or have you lost your damn mind type of person and the money you don't want to give money to north korea i I think I would fall into most of these myself. I would, I would love to go to North Korea. I think it would be an amazing trip. I think it would help me learn more about the country. I don't know if I would actually be helping the people who live there directly, but you know, doing reports and being an advocate of human rights and trying to bring light to the abuses there would definitely give me a good perspective. Um, however, as I've mentioned on the show before, I unfortunately decided to donate two years of my time to the Peace Corps, which is a horrible decision. Once again, Ask a few volunteers before you sign up. They might tell you some surprising things. I don't recommend the service, um, but to each his own. And I think I'm probably listed somewhere um, because when you serve in the Peace Corps, you're kind of like a federal employee um, who doesn't get paid, but you're sort of like a federal employee. So I would be worried that if I went there, if there was any type of checking on me, that might show up at some point. Now, that might be a ridiculous concern on my part. Maybe that would never pull up. but. You know, they just seem to be grabbing people for any reason. And I remember there was an American who was there and he was a Korean War veteran or he served in the military during the Korean War. Somehow that somehow he was connected to the Korean War and they detained him. So um, I just don't want to get caught for, you know, having that connection. It seems like a lot of the times these people get detained. It's it's not for, you know, it seems kind of minuscule to us, but the reasons that the government gives for their detention are, you know, within the laws of their country. So it, it seems to me that like a lot of these people who are detained are doing something that violates the rules that have been set for them as tourists. So 
I mean, I don't really have that much sympathy for a lot of these people. I mean, you're going to North Korea for one, which is, you know, proven to be an unstable and unpredictable regime. And then secondly, the people who they are detaining, it seems like they're violating the rules of the of the tour. So, I mean, it, it, it doesn't it's not I don't really have sympathy for these people at all. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what the reason is for this uh, 21 year old's detention. Um, there's been some reports that he was drinking all night beforehand. So maybe there was some sort of misconduct as in he went a little too far or maybe I don't know, maybe he was still a little buzzed or something. I have no idea. Um, and I don't want to, you know, spread any rumors, but that, that has been reported a lot. So that's something that's coming up. Um, I know every once in a while, uh, I always see an old story or something about someone has gotten detained for something with Christianity. Um, I know that, you know, in a normal country, and when I say normal, like, you know, where you have a certain amount of rights, you know, your religion, as long as you don't hurt anyone else, you know, is your own religion and stuff. But once again, if you go to North Korea. Yeah, I mean, and that's a big it, it, there's like one I think in North Korea, Christianity is allowed. But I think you have to kind of go through the state sanctioned route of of being a Christian there. So if you're kind of stepping outside of that boundary, which I don't think this guy was, I, I'm guessing, you know, for me, it sounds like he was up late drinking there was another report that said he wanted he told people he wanted to stay in north korea so i mean there was there's all kinds of things you know rumors circulating around why he was detained but i'm sure it was you know not without reason that the officials detained him there well we will have to see but whether or not there is a reason or if it's a good reason like i said it brings up an interesting discussion that you're living here in south korea is is sometimes a a fun discussion to have you know would you go to north korea i know plenty of people who have actually gone to north korea on such a tour it's rather expensive they flew in from china um and so another reason why i wouldn't be able to do is because i would never want to pay for it Uh, but what were some of the interesting comments that were made on this poll that you think are worth mentioning well, we had several people who had actually been to North Korea. Um, I'm not going to mention their names just for whatever reason, because they're probably in South Korea. But, you know, we had people who went to the Gungang uh, mountain tour, I think. And that was that was going on. You could actually cross the DMZ at one point um, and back in 2006, 2007, 2008. And someone else, you know, they went there and they said it was like a 1950s time warp, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I hear Cuba has been described that way because they have old cars and things like that. Um, a few other people, you know, said that you can't understand South Korea unless you visit North Korea, which I thought was kind of interesting um, because you're not really that's true. You're not really getting a full picture of of what Korea is without visiting both Korea. So a lot of us have spent, you know, a good a good amount of time in South Korea, but we have no idea, you know, what is like 30 minutes north of us. Um, so that's an interesting point. Um, you know, and a lot of people said they the, the the rules are laid out for you, and when you get there, so you kind of know what to expect. Um, and they'll even let you kind of step outside of those boundaries once in a while, but they'll give you warnings if they feel you're doing something you know inappropriate. So it seemed to me that like you're kind of you're pretty well informed when you get there, um, what's allowed and what's not, and they even you know let you push your luck a little bit um, with warnings and chances. But um, I, I wouldn't think one slip up would cause an arrest. And that, that seemed to be the, the case with the person who visited there. She said that, you know, there are people who always break the rules because they're just not used to the, you know, the rigidness of the society there. And they're pretty generous with that. So it seems to me kind of weird that this person was arrested for, you know, just an innocent mistake. They probably pushed, pushed it a little bit too hard and did something that obviously angered 
whoever was dealing with him there. But that's kind of the problem, too, is like the people who commented uh, on the, the Facebook poll. You can go there and, you know, just kind of stick to the plan and don't do anything wrong. Or maybe if you make, you know, a couple small infractions, they give you a little leeway. But I've heard stories of people going there and doing lots of stuff that you shouldn't be doing. So, I mean, it's not like you go there and it's um like a 1950s um, television show like Pleasantville the movie where just like everything's the way it is and no one does anything. I mean, like you can do some shady things on these tours, right? I think so. I mean, I, I think there's certain certain things you can do. I mean, I think I think a lot of it is they're you know they're shuttling you where you want to see where they want you to see. You know, maybe in the evenings you're going to have a chance to do some drinking or something in the hotel, and I think that's what they encourage. So the guides will probably drink with you, and they're probably you know they're probably looking for information from you also while you're while you're drinking with them. But I don't think you can just go walk around Pyongyang and enjoy the city. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be minded the whole time you're there. So you're not, you don't have freedom of travel. You have, you might have some freedom, you know, to, um, you know, wander around the hotel or, you know, kind of ask some questions, personal questions to your guys. But I don't think they're giving you the freedom just to go where you want. No, but I mean, like I've heard, and when I say heard, like I've read, no one has told me they've done this, but I've, I've read that there's prostitution. I've read that there's a possibility to smoke marijuana. I mean, like. I've read that. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, and the, the, the tour company that uh, is involved in this scandal right now, I actually wrote an article about they had posted some pictures on social media of them smoking what appeared to be marijuana in North Korea. Um, and they actually never really denied what they were doing. They said it was available at certain markets. You know, it doesn't seem to be typical, but, I mean, they might allow that for tourists. Um, with the prostitution, I think, again, that's probably – Maybe for rich diplomats, I don't. I, I've never really heard any reports of you know that much prostitution going on with um, just typical tourists who go on these like you know backpacking trips. Um, but again, I, I would say you know all that all that stuff is you know probably a, some attempt by the North Koreans to kind of glean information from the tourists. Or there's always I think there's always an ulterior motive for them. Um, when they're when they're treating tourists like this, and I, I don't think the prostitution would be a thing that would um, that just you know twenty something tourists would be involved in. I, I just don't think they would offer it up for them. And so this brings up uh, another question. Then um, you know, aside from the fact that going to North Korea uh, might be interesting, or you know, you might think it's your right to be able to travel to a country like that, which which I sort of agree with too. Like I'm not for the state telling people they can't go places. I, I was really happy to see the Obama administration um, restart relations with Cuba. Um, you know, it's it's so weird that we've just been cut off from them for so long, yet people have been able to travel to North Korea, um, which I think is easy to show that North Korea is probably a lot worse than, than Cuba in, in most respects. So what do you think about the idea of like some sort of ban? I mean, they obviously don't want you to go there as an American citizen. Um, do you think it would be appropriate? Maybe if a couple more people get arrested slash detained that we just stop allowing people to go there or is that not good? No, I think, I think generally tourism, any sort of tourism or interaction between the two countries is probably a good thing. Um, you know, it promotes an understanding between the cultures um, even some of these people who are the guides, the North Korean guides, they're going to get to see what, um, you know, foreigners think of their country. And they're also going to get perspectives on 
these tourist countries. So I think any sort of interaction is is positive. Um, Even if they're grabbing a tourist from time to time. I mean, well, and, and again, I haven't I haven't really read a report so far where a tourist has been grabbed without reason. Now, this this current case, it could be different because we don't have all the facts in. But so far, I haven't read of a case where they've just grabbed someone for no reason. But I mean, like any time you go to like, I, I like to think that I'm a decent person and like I'm not going to do anything crazy. But if I went to Europe or if I went to even Latin America, where I lived as a Peace Corps volunteer, I assume that I'm going to be allowed to make a reasonable amount of mistakes. And even, you know, if I did something that I definitely shouldn't have done, like, you know, not detained without the ability to, you know, defend myself or talk to people, you know, have access to, you know, a family member or someone who could speak on my behalf. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, I, mean, I mean, North Korea is what it is. I, I feel like the situation lends itself to creating mishaps, even with the best of intentions. Sure. And, I mean, anytime you're traveling to a country without, you know, without uh, diplomatic representation, you're taking a risk. I mean, we don't have the Americans don't have an embassy in North Korea. So you're, you're going to be dealing with, I think the Swedes deal with these people. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're basically, you're, you're kind of chancing things by going to a place where there's no diplomatic representation because those are the people you're going to rely on if you get into a situation. So, I mean, that's, that's a risk people seem to be willing to take. But it's not a risk um, they're willing to take because if it was a risk, then it would be you're on your own. But when an American gets grabbed, the American government's going to do you know, realistically, everything it can to get them back. It just, I mean, if you went to North Korea and if you signed a thing that was like, I'm not going to get any help from anybody, I don't know if that would be a good idea, but that would be a different situation. I mean, you're creating the possibility of an international incident because they're going to want to bring an American back. Sure. I mean, every person, I, I, I think, I think even that Kenneth Bay guy, they got him out of there, I think, after I, he sat in there for a while. But it seems like, you know, especially maybe not Korean, uh, Korean Americans, it seems it takes them a little bit longer to get out of there. But like, it seems every, who is that guy who went there and ripped up his passport? They even got that guy out of there. Um, so, I mean, it, it seems like if it ever does happen, they eventually get the person out, you know, with a bit of wrangling. So, I mean, it seems like they are willing to get these people out of there, but, it, it's a, you know, it's, it's a political process. So, um, it takes time. Um, and I don't really know that, I don't really know that the American government really cares about people who get caught up over there. It's, it's just something they have to do for good PR to get these people out. So I don't, I don't know if they necessarily care. I'm sure they wish people just wouldn't visit. Okay, so before we wrap up and we move on to uh, gift sets here in South Korea, um, anything else you want to mention about this, Travis? One person who had actually been to North Korea said it was the safest country they've ever visited. And the reason they mentioned that was because there's guides with you at all times. So, I mean, that gives you an idea of how atypical of an experience as a tourist it's going to be. Because in no place, I mean, except for maybe Soviet Russia, would you have a guide with you at all times? So, I guess, I mean, if you're looking for safety, um, there are a lot there. It seems to me there are a lot more dangerous places you could visit um, and not be afforded a guide. Um, and now that's probably part of the reason it costs so much to visit North Korea or it typically costs so much is because there are someone there is someone looking after you all the time. Um, I guess that's that's kind of the point the person made. I, I, I would probably agree, you know, that 
South Korea is very safe. I would agree that North Korea is probably a safe country to visit as a tourist, so long as you follow the rules and you know don't step out of the boundaries that they've set for you. Yeah, but it's that kind of safe where, like, yeah, there are parts of the world that if you went and if something horrible happened, I'd be like, well, of course, it's a war zone. Or like, well, of course, look at this the status of the government at this point. North Korea is like the airline industry. The vast majority of people who fly on airplanes nothing happens. Everything's fine. They always say it's the safest way to travel, right? Flying. But every once in a while, a plane crashes and like 200, 300 people die. And then they're like, oh my God, what was it? And if you can change one thing that would prevent that from happening, you would do it, even though it's still very, very, very safe. And so I think North Korea is the same way. The vast majority of Americans who are going there, they come back, they have a good time, they have interesting stories, you know, it teaches them something about that. But there's still dudes who are getting pulled away. So if there's something that we could do to stop this and, you know, stop giving the opportunity to create these political problems or once again, you know, this money, you say it's expensive because there's a tour guide with you. But I don't know, Travis, you can have tour guides on a lot of different places. I don't know. I'm still like I said, I don't want to take anyone's rights away because I like the fact that, you know, usually you think you have a certain amount of rights when it comes to being a human being, but also where you want to go, where you want to live. But mm, I don't know. I think there's, there needs to be something done about this perhaps in the future. I don't know what that would be, but I would like to see some more talk about this and whether or not it's a good idea to go to North Korea. Um, but uh, let's move on here to our, our second topic, our final topic of the program. We also asked members of the Oink Only in Korea Facebook group, quotes, what do you think of the gift sets Koreans give during the new year and Chuseok. Now, um, Chuseok, once again, is uh, Korean Thanksgiving, and uh, the new year is going to take place here in February this year. It's the Lunar New Year, the Lunar Calendar. So before we get to those results, Travis, why don't you explain what these are a little bit more? You've been here years. I'm sure you've received plenty of these, but you've probably never bought one. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've actually bought them before. Um, I gave out a few of them to students who were paying me very well in the past, so I have kind of thrown down a little money on them. Um, they're basically, you know, it's either fruit or you're going to get toothpaste or, um, you know, shampoo. Sometimes they give out spam um, and they're very popular around this time of year. It seems like they mark up the price of what the product should cost by about, you know, 200 percent. So they're expensive. Um, it seems like you're paying a lot for the packaging. Um, but people do like to give them out um, to business partners, to family, um, even to friends sometimes. So you always see, you know, especially next week, we'll see a lot of people um, you know, grudgingly carrying these things around on the subway um, on their way home from work because they receive them from their boss or they receive them from coworkers. So, I mean, it's basically, it's just a box with a few things in it and then they charge you 200 bucks for it. My problem with this is that, as we'll get to with the results, like who doesn't like a gift box? This sounds great. But whenever I get one of these or whenever I see that someone has gotten them or I see that someone has paid for them, I just feel bad because, like you said, the, the, the price is so much higher than it needs to be. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, great, a gift set. But, like, maybe they're not going to use it all. I've actually received a lot of gift sets that people got from their company or someone, but they didn't want it. And they're like, do you want the gift set? I'm like, heck, yeah, I'll take what seems to be an entire box of shampoo or an entire box of, like, uh, seaweed or something like that. So it just seems like an enormous waste to me. Also, kind of... Similar to some other things in Korea where it's just like saving face, like face value, you give someone else a, a nice box, whether or not they're actually going to use it, maybe not the biggest concern because they know that you probably spent a lot of money on it. 
Um, so let's stop there and jump into the actual results here that we have. Let me bring them up. So the f- top four responses here were the ones that got the most uh, votes. Number one, they are overpriced and unnecessary. Number two, who doesn't love a gift set? This was actually number one yesterday, but it's, it's, it's um, changed. So they're very close. Number three, I like getting them, but not giving them. And number four, this was the one that I started and people followed me up on it. Rip off. You can buy the goods separately for a lot less. So in the top four, um, there's really only one that's super positive. Who doesn't love a gift set? The rest of them are kind of like either no or sure, it's great to receive, but I would never pay for it. Yeah, I, I think overall, I mean, it, seem, it seemed like people kind of thought they were unnecessary, but at the same time, people do like to receive them. I guess maybe that says something about uh, the stinginess of Oink members. But, um, you know, I, I think people do in, in appreciate them. Uh, maybe they don't appreciate carrying them because you're carrying this big bulky box around. But here, here's the thing, though. Do people really appreciate them? Because whenever I've gotten a gift set, or like I said, when I see that someone else has gotten one, I always think I would have rather just had the money. Yeah, money's always good. I mean, I've, I've had a. I've, I mean, would you rather have a couple hundred dollars or like a hundred bucks than a gift set of shampoo? I've gotten that too. I mean, I've, instead of getting instead of getting a set, I've gotten gift certificates for you know Shinsuke and stuff. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's like, well, it depends on what the gift's in. If they're if they're giving you a box full of like high end whiskey or something, of course you're going to want that. But if it's like, well, I, I'm sure that exists. But have you ever seen that or gotten that as a gift? The best one I ever got, uh, I got it was like a it was a gift set with a nice bottle of Johnny Walker in it, and then it had some like um, whiskey glasses. And I, it wasn't probably that expensive, but I was like, wow, you know, that was nice. Um, you know, some of the, you know, some of the shittier ones that people get, you know, a box of spam, a box of toothpaste, no one wants that stuff. Um, it's just something that they do just because, just because people do it. So there are nicer ones that you could receive. Um, and there are also ones that are just like, well, you know, whatever. I mean, I'll maybe use a toothpaste or I'll maybe, maybe I'll use a shampoo later this year. Who gave you the Johnny Walker and glasses? That's pretty classy. Uh, one of my students, one of my students said he was a corporate, he was an executive. Um, oh, that's right. You teach some adults. Yeah. <laughs> so that was nice. I mean, that was a nice thought. Another one I liked, um, I got a box full of um, Halabong. Like it's like a, a specific kind of orange from Jeju. And um, I think I got like eight or nine of them. That was expensive. That was way expensive. I was so happy to get it. I put it above me on the subway and walked off this walked off the subway without the damn thing. So, so I'm sure someone else got a nice box of hollow boxes. That's horrible. Yeah, that was that was a that was a loss there. Um, but that was a nice it was a nice thought by the student but um did you have to like show up afterwards and be like oh those were good yeah enjoyed I was like, those very delicious very delicious um I'm sure someone else enjoyed them probably a subway attendant i gotta tell you though i've lost stuff i i and i maybe i've mentioned this before i certainly have on other reports or podcasts that i've done korea best public transportation system in the world i have lost a bag two or three different times that had very important things like a computer or I'm a, I'm a drummer, had like musical instruments inside of it. It took a couple hours and it was a pain in the neck. Don't get me wrong, but I got it. Yeah, I've, I've actually, I've, I've gotten stuff back too. Because no one is going to steal that and no one is going to mess with it. They just had to locate the train and then I had the option to wait for the train to like come back to me or to like go to the train or go to like a third location where someone would put it after they found it. So it just took a long time. 
Yeah, I've I've, I've gotten wallets back. I've, I've gotten a lot of stuff back. I just didn't feel it was worth it for a box of oranges to go track it down. So I just I just let it go. See, that's the thing, though. It totally was. I'm sure he spent tons of money on that. He had tons of money to spend, so I didn't I didn't feel too bad about it. All right, well, fair enough. Yeah, but like you said, you've been on the receiving end. I'm sure anyone who spent some decent amount of time in Korea is probably, especially teachers, you get them as gifts from what I know. You, so anyone who's been here a decent amount of time has probably received them. The ones you bought, what ones did you buy and how much were they? They weren't much. I think I also bought fruit sets. Um, I think I probably spent around, you know, 60 bucks for some overpriced apples or something. And I didn't buy too many of them. They were just for a few specific students that I um, kind of had a good thing going with for a couple of years. Um, so I decided, you know, hey, you know, it's a thing to do. So I bought them. Um, and it was like reciprocated, too. It was like, OK, here's your gift set. And then the same day, you know, the student had a gift set prepared for me. So it wasn't really like I'd lost that much money. It was just, you know, exchanging one overpriced thing for another, basically. Um, and this year I didn't do it. I'm not teaching right now this year. Um, so I didn't do it this year. But I think it was last year I had to buy a couple of them. Um, but it, I didn't feel like responsible to buy them. I just thought it was a good thing to help maintain the relationship with the student. I think the most ridiculous example I saw this week was it was like eight fish for two thousand dollars, and you probably saw that. Same yeah, point. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was an article. It was just like it, it's kind of weird, but like in Korea, you'll just see fish hanging on like a piece of plastic string, um, like at a market or something. They just like hang them out; they're dried. But yeah, they stick it into this box. And it was something like one or two thousand dollars. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, wouldn't you want? Wouldn't you rather get two million won gift certificate than a two thousand dollar box of fish? I mean, I think most people would. I don't. I don't. I just think it, it's like a. It's a symbol. It probably is a symbol of you know how much money a person has. They probably would just leave the price tag on there for you to see it to show how much they spent for you. But it seems like more of like a you know a status symbol than anything else and the people who receive them they probably would rather just have the money or have you know a gift certificate and they can choose what they want themselves well travis for someone like you who has an f visa so you have some business opportunities here in korea as opposed to someone like myself who has a sponsored visa most people here have a sponsored visa you have an f visa this is your money maker if you can you know korea changes on a dime some things in korea don't change at all and they won't change for years but other parts of korea change so quickly if you can figure out what that new gift is to replace the gift set, you would be like the Korean, well, you'd be a foreigner, but you'd be the Korean version of Alibaba of South Korea because everyone buys these all the time. I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't, I, I, I just don't see it going anywhere. It's a good, it's a good, uh, you know, marketing strategy for, for um, small shops or for grocery stores and for department stores. I don't think they're going anywhere. I, I think, you know, it's it's more transparent or Koreans see it as being more transparent than just giving someone cash. So I think that's one of the reasons, you know, um, corruption in Korea has somewhat decreased over the years. So maybe <laughs> because of gifts. Well, no, I mean, maybe in the 1980s, you receive a, a box of cash and what still does happen here. <laughs> but it would be in a decorative box. You take two thousand dollars and put it in a box and sell it for twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> And give it to someone, and it was in a box, so it was better. Yeah, I, I think it it is, you know, that people are trying to spend less money on, you know, like, schmoozing other people here. But it's just, it, it is hard. Um, you know, there, there's a certain amount of money as an educator that you can accept from someone. Um, 
Whereas if you get a gift set, maybe. Well, I mean, anytime that you're receiving like cash gifts in most positions is bad, but this is something that gets reported time and time again. Um, and it's one of those things where you can't blame people entirely because if someone gives you a gift, like what are you supposed to say? No, like when the the parent of the children that you teach every day, they give you a gift. Are you supposed to be like, no, I'm not going to take your gift and, you know, have to deal with that situation. But, you know, I don't know for sure, but every time I see these are these stories reported, they always catch someone. Some sometimes it's a foreigner, sometimes it's someone else accepting gifts that, you know, are pretty high priced and they should have known better. But then they talk about what the actual rules are and you're not supposed to accept much. So I'm pretty sure most it's I think it's like 40,000 won or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most teachers have easily if they've been here a couple years um, especially I hear teachers that teach kindergarten, their, their parents, the, the parents of those kids give them like really nice gifts. So I'm sure most people have yeah. accepted an illegal gift. And once again, I understand the situation. They're not evil people. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think any gift, whether it's a gift set or whether or not it's cold, hard cash, cash might be better at least. Cause you can just like hand that to someone in an envelope as opposed to bringing in the gift set. that's the size of a child and <laughs> handing it to them and they have to put it down. That's my main complaint with gift sets is they're awkward to carry. No one wants to march around Seoul. You know, usually you probably, it's like the holidays. So you're going to be out drinking and then you have to worry about, as I mentioned earlier, losing the damn thing. Uh, it's just, they're awkward to carry. They're usually full of crap you don't want, you know, cans of tuna or cans of spam. And even if you do want it, it's like I've gotten one that was the um, shampoo or like toothpaste one. It's like I could use a bottle of shampoo, but do I need eight bottles of shampoo? Like, am I just supposed to store these in my apartment for the next year? Yeah, if if you're a bachelor, though, then that's like you got your shampoo covered for the next three or four years with some of these. Yeah, but how about like one that's like, hey, a couple cans of tuna, a couple balls of shampoo, hey, a couple tubes of toothpaste, and uh, I don't know, some oranges. Like, where are these mixed, (laughs) heterogeneous mixture gift sets? That's an idea. Maybe, Maybe they should start mixing up the products that they put in these things, you know, to make them a little more useful for the people that are receiving them. I, I would like, you know, two cans of Spam, two cans of tuna, some toothpaste. That would be a nice gift. But, um, you know, when you just get a, like, a, you know, a box of, of Spam, there's only so much Spam you can eat. Uh, or like what, what I was a university student for six months when I first came to Korea two years ago, I studied uh, the Korean language so I could speak Korean, read Korean up to a certain level. Um, not very high because um, it, was, it was very difficult for me. But I, you know, I passed my classes and I studied for six months. Friend of mine, we had like a student Olympics because it was some might have been Chuseok or Solal. I can't remember one of the two major holidays. And so we had like a student Olympics thing and we played these really difficult Korean traditional games not trying to say they're dumb or anything, but they were just very difficult. No one was really good at them. Even the Korean teachers who demonstrated were not very good. And he got lucky. He like threw like a big arrow, like into a bucket or something. And he won a huge gift set of um, seaweed. Right. But this was like a 22 year old guy, foreigner. I don't even know what a 22 year old Korean would do with a huge gift set of seaweed. So he he didn't know what to do with it, and I was like, ooh, you're going to use that gift set of seaweed? And he just gave it to me. So what I did is I just proceeded to walk around all day with my gift set, and every person I saw, I'm like, would you like an individually wrapped package of seaweed? Because there were like 20 in there. And I just like handed them out to everybody. Who can use 
that much seaweed. I mean, it might be useful for like a family or something. Some of these products, you know, maybe are meant for um, people with bigger families. I, I've done the same thing with gift sets before. I've given out, you know, toothpaste and stuff to friends. Like, do you want a tube of toothpaste? I got six of them here. So, yeah, I've given out stuff like that. I mean, that's kind of nice. Although that's like that gets into the whole issue of like regifting, you know, is it is it proper to regift stuff that you've been received, you know, that you've been given as a gift? I don't know. I don't know. I, I again, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of um, hung up on whether or not gift sets are necessary. But I again, I don't think. They're oh well, they're definitely not necessary. I mean, you you might say it's a piece of tradition or it's just a nice gesture, but I mean. I think we've definitely jumped the shark on necessary. It, it feels, you know, it does feel like I can tell when it's the holidays in Korea when I start seeing these pop up. So it feels like it's almost like, you know, Christmas in the States when they start putting up um, Christmas trees and you start hearing Christmas music. In Korea, it's when you, you start seeing the gift sets come up, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's almost time for the holidays. <laughs> it's like it almost goes, you know, hand in hand with the holidays. I want to ask one of your friends. They're like, oh, yeah, Travis was really happy last week. He was in a department store and he saw some spam and his face just lit up and he became so happy because he knew it was time for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a, actually a friend who is he's a journalist or he, he's living in Korea now, but he wasn't at the time, but he was writing about Korea. And he wanted me to go around and take pictures for him of all the gift sets I could find. So I, you know, I took a couple pictures and he's like, take them, take pictures of the most, you know, ridiculous examples you can find. And I think the most ridiculous examples of the ones we see, you know, are the spam, which foreigners think is like, you know, like the shittiest thing you could ever give someone. But in Korea, spam is actually, you know, it's considered to be... It's expensive. It's, you could cook it a lot. I enjoy eating spam. Yeah, it's, it's, it's considered, you know, it's not considered to be like a shameful thing to give someone. It's, it's, it's considered, you know, if you're giving someone like um, the Korean spam, you might be a little cheap. But if you're giving them like the real deal spam... Yeah, the spam brand spam. Yeah, that's, that's quality stuff here. Yeah, no, no, no. I, spam's not so bad because even though you store it, at least it's, you know, it's in metal. It's not. It's probably not going to go bad. I mean, yeah. shampoo is kind of similar, but I mean, I had to have like eight bottles of shampoo, so I don't know. Once again, maybe I'm just old man chance at this point. You know, I'm going to be thirty this next month, but it just, you know, I I I feel bad because I know a lot of these are very expensive, and you know, when I'm in the states and if I get a gift or something like that, usually it's a gift that's like catered to me. So if I wouldn't have bought it, at least it's like somewhat useful for me, or I could find some use out of it, or you know. To be perfectly honest, if you get a really good gift in the U.S., you could probably just sell it. Or a lot of the times they give you the gift receipt and you can take it back. You can't do that with like 10 cans of Spam. No. Or like eight bottles of shampoo or an entire box of seaweed. You can't do that. So you're stuck not only with a gift you probably didn't want, a gift that was too expensive, and a gift that you now have to either get rid of or take time out of your day to make sure that it gets used by handing it away to all your friends. So it's just so much of a hassle. I would like to see it die. I would like to see it go away, but Hey, I, I don't mean to be, you know, the Grinch here. It just, you know, I love Korea. It's a great place. And I think that they could just get rid of them and everything would be better. Sure. And if they could come up with a way to, you know, maybe to make, I don't know why they, I don't know, actually, I don't know the history behind these gift sets, if they've been around for like 50 years or 100 years, if people have always given these. But I think, you know, there could be a better way to express your gratitude for someone at the end of the year or during the Korean Thanksgiving season um, than giving them a box of spam. There's there's definitely better ways. It just doesn't seem like anyone's, you know, 
inventive enough to come up with it. And it, maybe it is changing. You know, they, the, a lot of these department stores are offering gift cards now, so maybe that's just better. An envelope is a lot easier to carry than a box of spam. So I encourage anyone that's listening, you know, give someone an envelope with a gift card in it, and they'll be much more appreciative. Of- Buy many gift cards, put them in a box, wrap it up, and you have a gift set of gift cards. Yeah. And there we are. One of the, you know, people, I think people like uh, they got this only got five votes on our poll, but people said, I like the booze one. So that's another option. You know, <laughs> booze, booze is always going to go over well with most people, I think, is, you know, that's another thing that people want to get is booze. I got to tell you, if I ever saw a soju gift set that was reasonably priced, maybe just, you know, slightly more expensive than buying the soju, I would get that. That would be a great gift because everyone drinks soju more or less. And if not, it's a very cheap gift. A bottle of soju is like a dollar, dollar fifty. So what are you most going to spend? Like 10, 15, 20 dollars? Yeah. I would like to see that. And in fact, I'm going to uh, my girlfriend's hometown here um, for Lunar New Year coming up next month. Um, I am going to actually probably, now that we've talked about it, I'm going to eat my own words and I think I will buy them some kind of gift set. What what kind of gift set are you going to buy them? I can't buy them toothpaste. That would be inappropriate too I think, at this point. Can't buy them shampoo because the last time we were there, they actually received a shampoo gift set from somebody for Chusulk and we took all of it back with us to Seoul. <laughs> um, so that would be really regifting. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, um, I, I would get a gift, gift certificate if there's a no, no, department gift set, store. Gift set, gift set. Oh, you want the gift yeah, set? Yeah, so what? How about some fruit? What's what's wrong with the, some halabongs or some some apples or something? They probably they would probably if you bought them the fruit, they would probably enjoy it with you after your meal with them. They would they would probably like let you eat it. I'm thinking either fruits or um, the problem with fruit though it's perishable, so I have to get a good one, but then also like you know it only lasts a certain amount of time or. The classiest spam one that I can see because I, they're an old school Korean family. The mother cooks all the time. I could see them using that. Yeah, I, I think that's the main thing with these things is get get people something that they're going to actually use. No one needs, you know, 50 uh, individually wrapped things of like uh, seaweed. No one wants that. So I, I would say the main thing with these is get people what they're going to use. I also see, you know, meat. I've seen meat gift sets. Meat like, gift sets, not fish, but like meat. Yeah, like raw meat. It's like um, you know, they'll, they'll, how do they wrap that? It's it's wrapped nicely and it's refrigerated, but it's like really, you know, three hundred dollars for a couple of steaks. I mean, you're you're sure you're showing off your wealth a little bit. But oh, steak gift set. That's something. I don't know. I I think it's something that's you know, it's maybe you would use it, but. Okay, you're going to eat the meat, but at the same time, you could get the same amount of meat for probably $30 if you just... Oh, no, but that's the whole gift set thing. I mean, you can't... I mean, that, that attacks the whole industry, Travis, but all right, whatever. I'm going to think about this. My ideas, fruit gift set, spam gift set. I think that's good. Halabong. I, I recommend the halabong. That's what, I, that's what I think you should do for them. Anyway, um, gift sets, love them or hate them, I think they'll be here for a long time to come, and if you live in Korea, you'll just keep noticing it and, and gift sets to finish up here it's been a great gift set conversation travis excellent <laughs> let's call it a day i'm not sure if we're gonna record next week because of the uh, lunar new year holiday so if not you have a good lunar new year holiday and uh i will talk with you perhaps two weeks from now okay sounds good we'll be uh, we'll be busy next week enjoying our gift sets so um yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right have a good holidays chance